Awesome, awesome. Okay, so right before jumping, first of all, happy Father's Day. Let's also honor God, the ultimate father. Let's give him a hand. Praise God. Uh, but before jump, jumping into that, I'm going to just let you know, like, we may not tell you this, but inside of every man is a little boy who just wants to be praised, just told. I mean, even no matter how little what we do, we still like when people make a big deal of it. I'm telling you, my wife, honey, can you open this for me? I open it. But she's smart. She just goes, you're so strong. (laughs) Anytime she gets a jar, I'm like, baby, you need that? You need Okay. And so here's what I want to do, okay? I want the whole audience now, but I want you to give an applause, even those watching online. I want you to give an applause with an enthusiasm unbeknownst to mankind. I'm talking about a level of excitement that you had for people you didn't even know, even when you was a Seahawks fan, like in the good days, right? I'm talking about, I want you to lose your mind yelling and screaming for all the fathers in the room. I'm going to count to three, and then we're just going to lose it, okay? Here we go. One, two, three. Yeah, let's go! Let's go! Come on! Yeah! Woo! Woo! Yeah! Man! That felt good. That's what I'm talking. You're right. Yes. Man, I'm telling you, praise works way better than criticism. I'm telling you. You want to see me do something awesome? Just, I don't care what it is. Just way to go. That's all I need. <laughs> okay. Now, I'm having fun with it. We talking about it, but that's awesome because we don't get that a lot. You know, what they say, Mother's Day, packed. Mother's Day cards just empty on the, on the aisle. Father's Day, man, they got, they, they, they've been just pulling out the same ones from last year. <laughs> so anyhow, no, this is awesome. So glad we're here. Uh, today's message, I am talking uh, to the fathers today. I'm talking to the men in the room today, okay? And uh, just so you know, ladies, um, um, I'm glad you're here. Glad you're here. Okay. Tell me right now, you're not my focus. <laughs> okay. Focus is to the men. Okay. Now, you're going to appreciate what I say. We don't need to hear a bunch of amens. Not today from you. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. You're like, you needed this today. Okay. That ain't what this is about. <laughs> okay. But I am speaking to the men in the room. And just so you all know, and men, we know, right? Like, let's keep it real. Like, we like to be praised, but we also like to be challenged. We like to be spoken to directly. We love and yearn for not only respect, but respect from those we respect. We got enough posing going on. I was recently told, you know, and had this conversation with a friend of mine, and he was like, Eric, you know, we just, we just got, we got challenges today, man. And I said, we do. And we definitely got challenges, because I like to call this right now, like, Father's Day in a 
fatherless environment. Father's Day in a fatherless, and when I say fatherless, I mean father hyphen less. I'm not saying without fathers. I'm just talking about we got fathers who have just less of an influence. So how do we flip that? Now, if you expect me to make this political, like the reason is is because of this party and this party and all this. Y'all, I believe it's in scripture that God makes it very clear that judgment starts first at the house of God. So if you actually believe that God is going to hold something accountable outside of us in here, you got another thing coming. God starts with what we have control over in our own hands. Now, I'm talking to men today, I'm going to talk to you like how we like to talk. We're letting other people in the environment, but we'll talk to you how we talk, okay? We like to keep it 100. And 100 is this. Before you start telling me about all the problems that are happening out there, show me what's going on in your own life. How well are you maximizing what's already in your own hands? And that's the focus today. Because one dynamic of being a man is understanding problem solving, but actually what problems to solve. We spend time working on the problems that aren't instead of the problems that are. And so we are really targeting it in today. Sound like a plan? All right, let me begin this way. I first heard this story, and I, it was an unbelievable one. I got to hear it in a big setting, private setting, just with him in a small group. But Pastor Tony Evans talked about this issue that was taking place over in Kruger National Park. And it was confirmed. I, I looked it up after hearing the story because it had such a profound impact on me. I read about it in um, uh, National Geographic. They had an expose on it. BBC did the same thing. And at Kruger National Park, they had a, a herd problem with elephants. They, they, they had a herd problem. So their goal was to lean out the herd by taking elephants and sending them on to other national parks. So there's one called, I think, Plansburg. Forgive me if I say it wrong, but Plansburg. Uh, National Park there in Africa. And so they began to take elephants over there. Now, keep in mind, they couldn't migrate that far, but elephants are so big, they had to get these harnesses and connect them to helicopters to take them over there. The problem is they had a harness problem. So they had enough, or the size of the harness and the strength that helicopters could carry a full-grown, all the full-grown female elephants, and it could take all the young adult male elephants. So you had all female elephants and all young adult elef- male elephants and younger. They all went over to the other wildlife preserve. A moment of time happened where something shocking was taking place at where all these elephants went to. They kept finding mutilated rhinoceroses that something was killing, destroying, mutilating rhinos. So they kept finding these dead rhinos. And they're like, first of all, what's, more, what's powerful enough to do that? And second of all, the rhinos' tusks weren't removed. So this wasn't poaching. This wasn't somebody trying to take something from it. So they put up cameras and get what they discovered. They discovered that where they were, there were young Basically, gangs, 
of young adult elephants getting together and running roughshod over everything. Young elephants getting together, even behaving in a way that they many times had never seen before. What are these young elephants doing? But part of it was they were at an age where the hormones are just completely out of control. You know, I mean, testosterone levels high. It's mating season. They are about their business. And they together. And they're learning how to be male or grown man elephants. Or another way we'd like to say bull elephants. And they're learning it from each other. You got the ignorant, basic, I'm saying like what it is, the stupid leading the stupid. You got the dumb leading the dumb. Emotions drive everything, instinct drives everything, passions drive everything, no order. Their solution, at first they thought, here's a solution to solve the problem. Just, just castrate them. That's tough. <laughs> and cuts off a future. And also, are there some other boundaries we can put? Finding ways to conceal them or keep them locked in. Fortunately, there was a, a wise elephant researcher, a brilliant expertise, said there's no, we got to find a natural way to solve this problem. It has to be a natural way. And what they discovered was, <laughs> we just had to get a, few more bigger harnesses. Because what we didn't need mm, is some outside source solving this problem. What they realized is to solve this whole problem that got solved in a day, they just had to go collect six bull elephants. They had to just go out and grab some real elephants. Some basically some grown men, some real men, and fly them in. Those bull elephants got dropped off, looked around and said, all oh, this bull jive taking place. <laughs> they stomped their feet, flapped their ears, threw their trunk around, and all of a sudden, all of them hard-headed, stupid-acting, young, <laughs> young elephants saw a real elephant just showed, showed up and got in line. See, it's so amazing how we swear the problem is the young people today. We swear what we, the problem is just what's happening in the world. The problem is, where are the bull elephants? The problem is, where are those whose presence changes everything? See, what they discovered was these young elephants had the same problem we have in our world. That, hmm. You're born into malehood, but you got to be trained into manhood. You got to be trained how to be a man. I remember the great Bobby Bowden said this one time. He was the head coach at Florida State University, coaching football. And I never forget, it was a line that I, I never forget. He says, The problem that we have, and he said in such a humble way, he says, I got so many, we got so many. Young men, learning to be fathers just like their mothers. And we are not talking about fathers who have to be in the house. So if you got the story wrong, those six bull elephants, 
them young elephants who got in order? They weren't their kids. It's just what happens in every man that knows when he's around a real man. It's amazing how we get in check. I'll never forget, hearing this story, it moved me so much, and Pastor Evan would describe it. And there's real examples. Like, I know the involvement that we have at a few high schools over here. And my buddy, who was a head coach for a number of times, he was like, look, we put a coaching staff together. We don't care how well you knew football. We cared about how do you live like a man. Because we got a bunch of young men who the majority of them had all been to a funeral and not one of them has ever been to a wedding. Come on, somebody. And it's not even about just the difficult stuff. I'm talking about, I'm talking about bull elephants. I'm talking about bull elephants that can show because when you say, when I talk about being trained into manhood, that's something we're trained by what we see. We're not trained by what we're lectured into. I don't know one man who became a real man because he was lectured. He needs to see it. And we ain't talking about perfection. I need to see it done right. I need to see it done wrong. I need to, what I really need to see is just, I need to see that jokers won't quit. This ain't just a man who problem, it's a quitting problem. Because somebody convinced us that it ain't supposed to be hard. Now, I'm going to get into practicality with this. I'm going to talk about three things. And the three things I talk about, just so you all know, these is the basic fundamentals, y'all. Because the fundamentals work. Championships win because you can block and you can tackle. Okay? You can't do those two things. It's hard to do anything else. Draw the greatest plays in the world. Crap don't work. <laughs> now, follow this here. Three things I'm going to cover. Priest, provider, protector. Those three, that is the definition of a real man. Biblically, when I talk about real man, I am not talking about big bravado. Talk. Please throw all that nonsense out of the way. I am talking about the basic fundamentals. But men, I am telling you right now, if, if what I'm saying to you makes you angry, good. Because I ain't speaking to weakness in you anyways. I'm speaking to the greatness in you. And the greatness in you is going to agree with me. Because as I'm talking to you, I'm talking to me, and it hurts. Because I am not talking to you from a place because I practice it every day. I'm talking to you from a place because this is what he told us we are. We're living in a broken male culture, and we're trying to find all these other excuses to fill in the gap. We're the gap fillers. Now, follow us here. So we talk about... But first of all, becoming a priest in our home. I, make the, I want this to be as pra practical as possible. And if you look at that clock and say it's 11 o'clock and we should be gone, I got a problem with you already. Okay? <laughs> We're going to be a little bit past 11 o'clock. Okay? Deal with it. It's Father's Day. I got, hey, man, come on. I always get to just make the sub subject about us. Today it is. Okay? Okay. Follow us here. I want you to turn with me to uh, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. That's where I'm going to read from. And this first role, the first role, the first role for us is understanding our responsibility. First of all is to be a priest. 
It's not a shocker that it's first, but it's being preached. And the scripture says, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood. That's who you are. Okay. A holy nation, a people for his possession, so that you may proclaim, say aloud, the praises of the one who called you out of the darkness into his marvelous light. This is who you are. This is your eye. Identity. I don't want to lose that point real quick because many times what we like to do, especially as men, start telling me about my destiny. Tell me about my destiny. Tell me where I'm going. Tell me what I can do. Destiny. I'm here. I hear you. But the problem is if you go destiny before identity, you're going to have an issue. And if I'm going after my destiny without knowing my identity, it ends with legacy. And just for every man here, Every one of us is going to leave a legacy. The question is, what kind? It ain't an issue if you're going to. You're going to. That's why the scripture says the sins of a father go generation to generation to generation. That's why there's aspects of my family. I'll apologize for it. It's true. There ain't one husband. Generation after generation after generation. There are so many things that if we don't get it established in the first place in the right order, everything else after that is off. The worship team just got through singing an incredible song about the foundation, about the foundation. And this is the foundational place we got to start. Now watch this here. The scripture calls us a priest. You know what a priest is? A priest is an advocate. And as a real man, where do we get our identity from? The realest man there is. Jesus Christ, he's our advocate. And the scripture says that he advocates for us. He stands at the right hand of God, sits at the right hand of God, advocating on our behalf. Men, I don't care whether in your house, those you're responsible, those out of, here's the thing. Are you the priest of your home? I'm not talking about the home you just live in because you may be in a situation where the home's been broken. But there's still people connected to you. So when I tell you, tell you, talk, talk about home, don't you dare literal me, me right now. I do that to my wife every time she asks me something. She's like, you never put out, you know, the garbage. You mean never? Really? Never? <laughs> so let's not go literal today, okay? But what I am saying is, you're the priest. You're the advocate. That's what we've been called to. Do you know what the advocate means? That means you pray on behalf of your family. I'm going to keep it real right now. When's the last time you've prayed by name over every single person in your house? When's the last time you prayed by name, those you were influencing and responsible for? Man, don't lie. look, look, I, I, I'm, I'm challenging me. Man, I love game time. Man, I love, but put me out on the field. Put me out where it's time, when the lights are on. Man, champions ain't made in the light. They're made in the dark. The invisible is far more powerful than what you do that's visible. And so the question is, do you pray? Do you pray on behalf of your family? Do you pray individually for them? By name. Bro, I can't get that from somebody else. I'm thinking about all the people who need to pray. And I'm like, ah. you know what's amazing? Is when it comes to prayer time, 
and, and, and I pray. Like, like when it comes to literally praying for, I sit there and go, how often do I actually pray? I know I do a lot of work, but do I pray? That where it really matters being a priest in my home. Now, fall is here. I've been here for years, standing here in prayer row time. The pastors get in front. We all do it. 90% of the people who come down for prayer are women. And 100% of what they're praying about has something to do with a man. <laughs> Can we just keep it real, y'all? Just keep it real. If we're going to talk, let's keep it real. Okay. And if it ain't a man, it's their daughter or their cousin that who's having a problem with a man. Okay. Now, the reason I bring this up is we don't have the women that ain't struggling with prayer. They're doing their part. But the very priests who've been called to do the real, again, remember, champions are celebrated in the light, but they're made in the dark. If I want to see change happen in my house, I got to realize the effects I want are a lagging indicator. The leading indicator, the leading work, the cause is what am I doing in my prayer time on my own? Anytime you get on your knees, it's like, I don't really know what to pray for. Start naming people and pray for them. You just got distracted. Just make that your aim. Game changer. Now, the reason priest has to come first, the next one is provider. Okay? Now, I, I love this scripture. Okay? Now, we're in 1 Timothy. It's going to be chapter 5, verse number 8. This is not a confusing scripture. I didn't say it. The scripture said it. The Holy Spirit inspired it to be written. Okay? It says clear. This ain't confusing. It is not complicated. Fellas, he kept it real. Let me read it. Verse 8. But if anyone does not provide for his own family, especially for his own household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. And we're using that friendly translation. <laughs> okay. I said before, my wife's family would call it trifling. Okay. <laughs> A man who does not provide for his own. That means I got to take care of my family. My responsibility is to cover, to provide for my family. They did not ask, I provide when my family appreciates it. Nowhere in this does it talk about how they respond to that provision. It's all about, do I do it? That's my calling. That's my ministry. The Bible even defines love, real love, the kind of love we are to provide. It's an unconditional love. It's an agape love. It has all to do with the needs of the person we're loving on and nothing to do with my feelings about doing so. That's grown-up conversation. That's real man conversation. This ain't fun. Because I just got to tell you before, I would love to hear, man, honey, you real strong. What about I open it and just walks off, no thank you, no nothing. And I got to come back and do that again? <laughs> and I'm only talking about a jar. There's much deeper stuff that I have to steal. That is my purpose. I am a living sacrifice. The only kind of love the Bible talks about is biblical sacrifice. Do you know when Jesus provided our needs, he provided it at a time 
that you didn't say thank you. You didn't even appreciate it. By the time you got saved, you had been alive a long time, not even acknowledging what he already did. He did it knowing there's a chance you wouldn't even accept it. And not one time did he complain about, come on, somebody. This is a grown man conversation today, and I'm not enjoying it. Now follow this, the only providing is not just financial. There's a nuance here, you guys, I wish it was. Because I'm just, I, no apology, I made it full transparency. There was a couple of things that happened in my life that were significant events or significant life events for me. That it made, I put a stake in the sand and said so the one thing my family ain't gonna worry about is finances. Money will not be a problem. That, that will not be, and, and, I, and, and I'm good at that. So I'm walking around thinking that I've done my job. That's what I do. Man, the Bible said provide. It didn't just talk about finances. What about the emotional needs? And I was completely bankrupt on that. I mean, actually meeting the real needs. I was just taking pride in the one thing I'm good at and let that be my defining trait. No. Providing is complete, fellas. We got to do it all. Well, I'm not good at that. What does that have to do with anything? Seriously, what does that got to do with anything? You know? Well, I'm sorry. Don't be sorry. Be better. I, I, I wish, I wish it wasn't this cut and dry. But this is the point. We don't try to be better, we train to be. We don't try, we train, and train requires reps. And those reps mean sometimes I gotta fail, get up again, and go again. That's all it is. Somebody asked me, he's like, Eric, you know, I, well, God does this, and he does. But God equips us and then tells us what it looks like. Do you know the word nurture, to nurture family, care for your family, means to discipline. How do I discipline somebody else? And I'm not disciplined myself. We are not creatures of discipline. We're creatures of habit. So we got to use discipline to form the right habits that lead to these kind of results. See, we want, the, we want the quick way. We want the fast way. No. We got to lean in. Prayer is a habit that has to be trained. Provision, not just money because I'm good at it, has to be trained. But I got to take responsibility for that. Now follow this here. If you don't make priest first, I will start simply providing needs that create either peace in the house or making people feel a little bit better. Oh, there's a nuance to this. Let, just, just let me unpack this. There's a reason why it's so important, men, for our first ministry, our first responsibility is being our connection with God. Because if you're not careful, you'll believe your definition of provision, your de definition of providing, is completely based on what your wife says. Women, you happen to be here today. Sorry. 
if it begins with how they feel or what they say, as much as you consider it, it still needs to be in alignment with the word. Because there's some things you're going to agree to and some things you're going to disagree to. Not because you don't want her to have peace of mind. It's because it's not in alignment with what the word says. And if you're not willing to lean in that, then the Bible says you are providing, you are less than an unbeliever. And you think it was talking about less than an unbeliever. If I'm not making sure everything's taken care of. No, it's taken care of in alignment with what the Lord says. That's why you got to pray. That's why you got to. Because there's some things that your wife needs does not align with what she wants. There's some things your kids need, but it doesn't align with what they want. There's a reason those young bull elephants, those young elephants was losing their mind. Because the only thing that driven, drove them at that time were their wants. And in the absence of a real elephant, a bull elephant, a real man, they put feelings over their principle. They put feelings over this word. And anytime you start that, you're in trouble. I know this ain't always possible. My desire for peace sometimes is so high, I take fake peace. Momentary peace. No good and well, this ain't going to last long. But I needed it right now. Only to know later on I'm going to have a bigger problem because I wasn't willing to make a real decision in alignment with the word. Be driven by the priest of my home. Like, I'm the priest, but the priest don't do his own. It happens through him. I'm submitting my greatest desire to be in alignment with what the word says. This is why this has to be trained. This is why we got to do this together, fellas. We can't do this on our own. On our own. I, I'm looking and I see bull elephant, bull elephant, bull elephant. All these are bull elephants around me and I lean into them. I have to. Why? Because I need their experiences to help my experiences, and my experiences help their experiences. It's everything. The Bible says iron sharpens iron. That means sometimes sparks fly. But we get sharper. Now, before I leave this one, I got one left on protector. Yesterday, so awesome, I had breakfast with my fellow bull elf and my boy Brian right over here. And Brian's impact on my life is significant because my boy has some challenges health-wise that he's been going through. He never talks about it. All he talks about is his family. All he talks about is kids, but especially we spend time talking about his son, Truth. Because what Brian does is he doesn't just say, Truth, your job is to provide. He tells him, he shows him, this is what it looks like. When your sister wisdom, her backpack's too heavy, you grab it for her. When your mom has this going on, you should lean in. When somebody can't get a door, you run. You're always looking around. Who needs help? Who needs it? Why? Because we're training bull elephants. Look, I have to be trained in the manhood. You got to teach me. I got to see it. But in the absence of that, where am I going to get it from? They have fellow ones around me who don't have a clue what to do. This level of responsibility is great in all of us, and it doesn't have to be your own child. I was at a, a basketball game at the Tacoma Dome one day, and the young men who was in front of me, I am talking about cussing, you, vulgarity. They're probably ages between 16 and 20. It was unbelievable. And so many people sitting around were literally bothered. You could see the faces. They're like, 
I mean, it was horrible. I remember this message, I'm in the store, and all I did was get up, walk, sit right, I mean, I mean literally in the middle of it all. Right in the middle. Quietly look her, you've won in face. Now she said, I know for a fact you are better than this. You're better than this. I know, and what I'm seeing right now, that ain't real. I, I know you're better than this. Now, if you think, you know, I mean, and it was amazing how it shifted. Now, don't get me wrong. I am six foot four, 240 pounds. I get it. <laughs> I get it. Not downplaying it, okay? But I also say, I've been at the gym, sitting in an area where people are just losing their mind, and I ain't thinking about it. I call him pastor, about 73 years old. Literally, he might be 5'3". Everywhere he goes, the atmosphere changes. These cats going on, he walks over there, grabs a weight, everything calms down. It's so, it's amazing to watch it. I'm like, that's what real does. Real recognizes real. It does. And I want you all to know you got real in you. So sometimes just your presence alone changes the atmosphere. So lean into that. Last one, protect you. Most important, if you turn to Mark chapter 3, I'm just going to read verse 27. And this is what I want to leave you with, and I'm going to have Pastor Tyler come up. Listen to this, verse 27. It says, but no one, but no one can enter a strong man's house. No one can enter a bull elephant's house. No man, no one can enter a real man's house and plunder his possessions and plunder his family and destroy his family and cut away his family unless he first ties up the strong man. Then he can plunder his house. The enemy gets me and if he gets me, he gets my house. Fellas, I don't care how many alarm systems, video cameras, guns that you are effective with, that you have sitting in your house. I ain't condemning or talking about any of that stuff. But if the enemy got you, he's already in the house. And just because the outcome looks as different, many times the craziness happening in your house is a you issue, not a them issue. So if the enemy can bind, do you know how the enemy binds? By binding your mind. If he can get your mind, then he can get you. And this is why I got to begin with the priest in your home. Man, I got to get this right. I'm bringing in junk in my house, and I'm the only one I know I got that junk in the house. And then I'm wondering why everything's going chaotic. Because we can feel instability. The enemy has got too many inlets. There's a story about how that when they, when they built the Great Wall of China and how impenetrable it was. There's like, then how did any men get in? By just getting in control of the guards who opened the front door. Who cares all that building you do? If you don't got that part right, nothing else is going to work. So men, this is where our work is. We're bull elephants. We're real men. We were born into millhood. We are trained into manhood. And we learn that from each other. Love you, fellas. Pass the time.